Welcome to episode 319 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio guys, welcome along to episode 319 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? I am good, Bevan. How about you? I'm pretty good as well. It's good to hear. Yeah, it's nice and early in the morning. The sky is dark. Yep, the temperature is cold. Well, it's nice. I've got the heater on for you. That's good. John biked over? Yep, defrosting. Why'd you bike over? Because um, Christopher Dean, aka Thomas Newsom, has got ice skating lessons this morning. Because ice skating? It's a holiday activity. Oh, really? So they need the car. Oh, so hence you have to get on the bike. Mm. It's pretty cold out there, mate. It's about, it's nice and frosty. That's what I've got the heater on for you. Uh, I am talking, proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. I've got another coffee fact for you guys this week, actually. Yeah. You guys are actually delivering on the coffee facts because I don't it's come nice. up with them nowadays. It's great. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. Okay, guys, in this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. We've got age grouper of the week. We've got Coach's Corner. What are you doing that on? Double whammy. Well, this is a bit of an old interview or something. Or is it? No, no. So we've got two, two topics there. One is going to be discussing whether people need a day off or not. Ooh. And the second topic was submitted by a listener um, oh. on stress fractures. So just... And the, that listener is Dr. also Hearing. is going through that process at the moment and has had to take a, a Jeez, dose of research, his own, they? done his own a dose of his own medicine um, in terms of having. I'm listening to this really pressure. good book right now. I was telling John about the show. Um, it's called I think the Honest Truth About Dishonesty, and they're talking about they're talking about people who um, lectures who lecture in ethics, mm-hmm. but they showed them that they actually don't have any better ethics than anybody else, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was just an interesting discussion, so sometimes we need to do what we say other people should do, don't we John? Practice what we preach. And then we also got some questions and answers at the end. Okay guys, well big weekend for racing this weekend, and news is probably brought to you by trainingpeaks.com, but it was a big weekend for racers, we probably had two of the biggest kind of races on the calendar really, didn't we? And we'll start off with Challenge Rot, and uh, it was the official European champs as well. <laughs> so. Official European champs mm-hmm. are claiming. Uh, there were so. two European champs on the weekend, but they were the official ones. Well, they are official, John. And uh, we got one side. Oh, well, our prediction last week was uh, it was probably going to be a, a, a Joycenator demolition, I thought, and she, she delivered. Uh, so Rachel Joyce took out the, the girls' race, but most of us were picking it was going to be sort of a probably a head-to-head battle between uh, Cam Brown and Timo Bracht. Um, yeah. But James Kanana came through and, uh, and took the race in... Seven hours, 59. 59. Which, is, which would be, you know, for any athlete, you know, like even for us guys who are slower than these guys, you know, getting into that nine hour, getting into that 10 hour or, you know, 11 hour, you know, that next hour mark's always a buzz. For him to come across the line at that point, I'm sure he, like winning the race is pretty great, but mm. even that achievement of getting to that sub eight club. It's interesting because on, one, on most sets of results, it says 7.59.59.59, yep. but on uh, one of these other official sets of results, it says eight hours flat. Oh, really? <laughs> um, so we'll I think they'll, uh, they'll, they'll give them the 59.59. So, um, did, he, uh, did you watch it? Uh, so the story of the day was uh, Constantine Bashaw just uh, blitzed them on the, the bike. It was in crushes, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and so I think he, he built up like about a 10-minute lead yeah, coming off the bike, and then... When I was watching, there was basically a group of about six of them behind around about 10 minutes, and, and all the contenders seemed to be there. I can't remember if it split up towards the end of the bike. Did Cam Brown drop? Yeah, I think Cam Brown dropped off 
towards the end of the bike. It, it may be. It was still there at about the 140k mark when I was checking. Yeah. Uh, and there was Cam Brown, James Kanana, um, Timo Bracht and, and one or two others. But basically this, the, it came down to the, to the run and uh, James Kanana and Timo Bracht were running side by side and, and working together. Yeah, at that stage you'd pick Bracht. Uh, you probably yeah you probably would yeah yeah but it sounded like he was having a, a little bit of a rough day but it was interesting though that they, 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 James Kanana was saying in his uh, sort of post race interview that they were really working together they thought right ten minute deficit um, we're gonna have to work together here to, to to peg him back so let's let's do it and apparently they coordinated a toilet stop together so they said right well, they held each other <laughs> yeah swords <laughs> um, and also like they were obviously getting splits but it was all in German and apparently Timo Bracht was giving um, telling James translating for James Canada saying right that's the yeah so the I wonder split. what time it became a race between those two you know like if you're gonna work together and that's a good tactic but eventually you gotta go okay now it's a race. I'm not sure exactly what stage he dropped off, but it did sound like Timo Bracht was having a little bit of a rough day, a few stomach issues and, okay. and what have you. So, um, but but James Kanana, you know, to go sub eight, you've got to have a pretty balanced day, and he ran a 2:40.06, so oh. pretty solid run. Um, obviously, we've seen guys go go quicker at uh, at Rote, but it sounded like a nice day. It was 43. It was 7:43 last year, wasn't it? Or 42 or something like that. Uh, maybe 741. Yeah, it was pretty quick. It was something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, sounded like a really good day, good battle. Um, uh, he ended up winning by, 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 by. Three right, minutes. Three minutes. And you had Mike Aragos came through in third and 808, and Cam Brown in fourth and 810. And as I kind of thought last uh, last week, you know, he's probably feeling the effects of, of uh, quite a few races sort of backing them up, but still. Yeah, eight ten. James Cunningham is having a pretty good year, isn't he? He's had a pretty good couple of years. Yeah. Uh, he pulled out of this race last year, but um, you know when you can run a a two forty, yeah, yeah, you're getting you're getting up there. So it'll be interesting to see if he goes to to Kona. His his swim is okay, so he should be able to keep up. You know, he swam forty seven forty one, um, which is about the same as Rachel Joyce, and she's uh, you know comparing her to the guys, she's usually able to make you know that. Yep, main pack. So he's in the right neighbourhood in the swim. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Stephen Bayliss was in fifth there, and Kent Constantine Bashaw faded, still did eight thirteen, and finished in sixth place. What do you run? Do you have that in front of you? I don't have it in front of me. Well, if Constantine Bashaw, he was ended up being thirteen minutes behind. So I'm picking that if he had a uh, ten minute lead off the bike, he's twenty three minutes slower than James Canana. So he probably ran a three oh three, which isn't. That bad. That's really. pretty that's messy, a, that's mate. It's a steady day. Pretty, pretty sharp mess. Thank you. Okay, Nigel said a thing. Joyce and I got you the Joyce and uh, I think, this, you know, without Chrissy being in the piece this year, this year's females Kona race is shaping up to be a pretty interesting race, isn't it? Well, I think there's that, and there's also the fact that you know, prior to that, Marinda Carfrey was clearly second. Yeah. But she's, she's not having great times. I saw she raced at the weekend, and I know it was only an Olympic distance race, but she, um, she, didn't, she didn't win, and she was fairly well down, and she hasn't shown amazing form um, for some time so yeah I think it could be a really close race I think you know race favourite at this stage would be Caroline Stephan who we'll talk about in a moment but you know Joycey it sounded like she's had some some back problems um, and she struggled a bit during the race but still 8.45 pretty, pretty respectable um, and it's crazy how you call that pretty respectable nowadays Mm. You know, back in the day when we first started the show, you know, any, a woman under sub nine was pretty sharp. Exactly. You know, now eight forty-five, you're going, well, that's pretty respectable. It's actually still pretty sharp. Exactly. <laughs> but she uh, she did have a battle on her hands. Sonia, um, <coughs> I can't 
pronounce his name. Tom Teich, Teich from Germany was in second, 8.49, also very yeah. respectable. And, yep. and PB, she was really happy with her race. And Julia Geiger was in third in 8.57. And good to see Gina Crawford uh, coming in sub nine, 8.59. 35 so that's probably not far off her best i think when we were there she probably went about 857 ish on a a pretty crappy day so um looks like she's getting back into back into it and and getting a pretty high standard joycey splits she swam at 47 37 uh she biked 454 and she ran 259 53 so good to see her going under the three hour mark nice so i'd kind of Thought she might go a bit quicker than that, um, but if she's had that back issue, yeah, she's she's going to be right there again there in Kona this year. So it sounded like a great day. Weather was pretty good. Um, you know, temperatures in the mid to high twenties. Um, Gary Fegan had a good race. I think he got about an eight nine nine thirty. I think it was. Oh, really? Yeah. He to do, what did he do in France? He wanted. He to just do missed out on ten hours. Right. Nice. But he didn't qualify, obviously here. But then Matt Malloy, I think, also won. The official European Championships, a forty plus or something. That was the ITU official. Yeah, he's an official champion. Yeah, because I think he got third, fortieth plus, but two of the guys were pros. So, if you're the listeners having good days out in the office, yeah, it's good to see. Frank Furter, Sparky's Ironman European Championships. Now, this is the other championships <laughs> that happened on the weekend. Got two European Championships. What what annoys me is um, with WTC on this side of things. Like, and and you sit, you read the. Um, the challenge press releases and they'll say about people you know that finished uh recently raced Ironman Cairns or yep. recently did this they acknowledge Ironman. that there's two worlds and then you you, you read the, the the that WT press release and it's uh it says something like about Andreas Rayler raced a, an, a iron, an iron distance race somewhere in Germany yeah it's like why don't you just say he did eight seven forty one at challenge right last year it's just so petty really <laughs> And the thing is, it's not that we don't know. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's not like it's yeah, it's it's a little bit silly. It's a little bit kind of, but oh well, you know, grow up. Anyway, again, we thought it was going to be a two-horse battle here at um at Frankfurt. You thought you'd have uh, Andreas Raylert going up against Marino Honecker Van Holnecker, and you're thinking, right, these two are just going to go head to head, smash each other out on the run, and going to going to go seven thirty-one or something like that. Uh, sounded like it was a pretty wet day at, at times on the bike. The town sounded like they had a bit of a downpour. A few crashes as well. Raylert came off his bike at some stage. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I think that was uh, the story of the day that really fizzled the potential. Um, head-to-head was, yeah, Bevan said, Raylert um, firstly crashed, and secondly, he got a uh, an infringement on yeah, so the... Yeah, what was this about? So, so something about not having his bag at run transition in the morning. Yeah, so I guess he didn't... I don't know if it's a split transition there or not, but maybe he didn't hand his bag in at the correct time, maybe and someone so else got penalised for that, and they didn't really say how much of a penalty it was, whether it was a two-minute, four-minute, one-minute, I'm not quite sure. But anyway, he firstly fell off his bike and lost contact there, and secondly, got held up in transition. Uh, so he ended up finishing in fourth, fourth place. Yeah. Marino van Holnacker, solid race, fast swim times. It was a wetsuit swim, and I'm not sure if it's always a wetsuit swim there. 44, uh, 44 45, that is, is really fast with an asterisk next to it, I think. Oh, you think it was a bit short? Well, I don't know. That, that, that is really fast, 44 minutes. I know those guys are good swimmers, but... 44 is fast. So Marino Van Holnacker uh, went 45.07, so had a bit of ground to make up out of the swim, rode 4.26 and ran a 2.48 for an 8.03. Um, okay, John, I've got a question for you. Okay, yes. we'll finish this, finish this, and then I'll get yep. a question. So I think people have been sub, I think guys have been sub 8 there. I'm pretty sure Macca a few years ago went went sub 8 there or went eight flats so a bit of a, bit of a slower day. Sebastian Kiln, um, he was riding Marino for, for a long time. 
Reno just pulled away at the end, uh, and he was in second in 8.09, and then Clement Alonzo McKenna was third in 8.14, and Andreas Raylert was fourth in 8.17, and uh, as you said, wouldn't read too much into that, given that he did crash and he did get a penalty. Although I don't think the crash was major, I think he came off, Perez got back on his yeah, bike. Yeah, you know, it's like when you yeah, crash. Yeah, no, but it's, like it's not the end of the world kind of crash. Mm. So John, what are we, July? July? Yeah. Predictions for Kona now? Oh, okay. Based, uh, on, based on results, I suppose. I you think know. Lance is going to win. Okay, good. Yep. yep. I think you're right. Mm. Yep, he's making that comeback. Oh, who knows? It's just bloody... Well, no, but you have an idea. So Crowey's obviously going to yeah, be there. Macca's going to be there. It's going to be the same pretenders as usual. It's going to be Crowey, Macca, Marino and Andreas Rayler. And what about Pete, Pete Jacobs? Yeah, Pete hasn't been... He's been injured most of the season. Yeah, that could work to his advantage. Yeah, it could do. There you go. <laughs> That's my prediction. Who do you think is going to win? And don't um, grease up to the people that like the show. Um, oh, oh, really? Um, Rasmus. <laughs> he could be, yeah. I, I certainly wouldn't discount him, but if I had to put money on it, I'd go one of those four. Marino, Andreas, Mecca, or Crowey. Oh, so now, now even though Mecca's two years older than the two years ago when you said he was too old, yeah. you're but saying he's got a chance. If I, Yeah, he's got a chance. <laughs> he hasn't been racing that well lately. What has he done? He's like been then? doing some Olympic distance and some uh, some halves. Oh, he did win a half, I think, in Japan. Well, don't, that's don't a pretty good race. Yeah, I don't some know who was there. You can only race who's in front of you. Um, or behind you. Yes. And North Mecca is normally behind. Except for if I had to put, you know, if, if, if I was forced into a corner and said you only got three guys, he wouldn't be one of my three. I'd go the other three. Really? So you don't think the speed he's gained over the last kind of 18 months mm. will work to his advantage? It could do. John. You're just, You're just, just hard work you are. Uh, yeah. Hard work sometimes. Again, the girl side of things, what happened? We had um, Carolyn. your predictions. You always um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's the same. But I definitely think Mecca has a pretty good chance. I, yeah. I, I, I think that the speed work he must have done over the last few, like his swimming will be up there, although he was never really behind on the swim, mm-hmm. but his swimming will be up there. His running's got to be better, you know. You'd think so. You know, so. And, ooh, you're up early, babe. <laughs> There's Joe just walking in the room um, And uh, It'll be interesting With the bike this year Because we don't really have Who's going to be the gurus On the bike That are going to try To get away uh, so I still think they've got to Just drill that swim A bit harder And try to split it up Before they get to the bike No but like You don't have Chris Lado, do you Yeah but he, he hasn't Really been a factor The last couple no, of years No he always rides away By himself But but we don't really have Two or three guys Who are going to be the guys Who are going to try uh, And break up the bike Andreas Raylu And Marino probably Okay And Crowey might ride Off the front again Well yeah So that's going to be amazing, John. It is going to be amazing. We're going to be there. And then Lance isn't going to be there. No. Because he's not cool. Well, he's, just, he's just filed some other thing this morning that I saw. Oh, online. tell me about it. I haven't this week at Lance. I just I haven't read it. I just saw he's filed some injunction or something like that there. So and what, what was the implications of that? I didn't read it. Well, but <laughs> you, just pretend you read it. Oh, so he's going to be racing Kona. Yes. He's going to go and do I mean Lake Placid, uh, yep. which is in week Okay, John, here's time. a question for you. Here's a question for you. Let's say... By September, because mm. I imagine that's probably still training. Who knows? Let's what just say he is. Yeah. By September, he gets away with it, and it means technically he can do Ironman. Mm. Should WTC give him a free entry? No, you got to qualify. Yeah, but they have they have that discretionary spot no. thing. No, no, oh. it's got to qualify. Oh, I'd give it to him. Would you? If he, if he's proven to be drug free, yeah, totally. Because come on, PR. Yeah, he's worth millions of dollars to the sport. Yeah. I think most people agree with me on this one. Oh, no. Deep down, can you, do you really think he's drug free? I don't, but 
But, yeah. <laughs> but, but if he gets away with it, he's joke free. Mm. Okay, uh, Gil side of the race, uh, Carolyn Stephan. Now, you know, again, if we, as we talk about um, Joycey, you know, Stephan is having a great year as well. She, I'm in Australia, and and apparently she didn't have a very good day that day. And now to come along and, and to do eight fifty two in, in Germany is pretty sharp, isn't it? Well, I was I was equally impressed with second place getter Anya. Berenik, who um, basically held Caroline Stefan on the bike for most of the way. I mean, no what an axe she is. So she came out of the swim in front of Caroline Stefan. Um, and this is somebody I haven't really heard much about, and I haven't actually got my Torsten things in front of me. I should check her out. I think she was second in um, Wales or one of the UK races last year. But she swam 48. They both swam four, mid 48s, or Caroline Stefan high 48s, rode. Caroline Stefan rode 452, and Anya. Baranek rode 4.54 but for, for a long time they were riding together um, so I was really impressed with that so I don't know whether Caroline Stefan was not on her A game well you think she would if she rode 4.52 but still this other girl pretty impressed she only ran 3.18 um, for a 9.05 to be second but um, I was pretty impressed that she stuck there as long as she did so yeah Caroline Stefan 48.58 rode 4.52 ran 3.06 so she can run a bit quicker than that for 8.52 not John, bad. Why is it that we don't have such a strong female field at this race? You know, lots of Germans, you know, and obviously pretty sharp Germans, but, you know, you look at the male field and you get, you know, four or five quality guys, <coughs> and this one you've really only got Caroline. It's just not the depth in, in yeah. females racing, so good for those girls. They'll get yeah, good you paydays. That, you know, the paydays at this race, you know, if, mm. you're gonna, if we talked last week, we talked about, okay, what races should you strategically go for, and this is one of the races that you should. And But I think for a lot of the girls, it's pretty easy. Easy's not the right oh, word. Oh, careful, John. You can go and do... He's you know, pretty confident you can go to another race and get first or second, and the prize, more more of a guaranteed first or second, where if you plan this one in, you go, well, who's going to rock up? Um, so I think what we saw in Melbourne was great. That was a great, great women's field. Mm. Um, yeah. That was a great women's field, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. These girls, good, but it's just there's so many races on now that, you know, you just pick and choose, and what's going to give you good value for your sponsors? You know, a lot of the, the Americans... They're not going to get good value for their sponsors by going to Europe. Um, the Kiwis and Aussies, that kind of depends where they're based to a large degree. But there's, there's so much choice. And, um, yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. So second, Anya Berenik. Third, Corrine um, Abraham from, from the UK. And uh, we had Heather Wirtle in there, and she didn't got have eight. such a strong day. But got eight, so probably get some good points there. So I think good points accrual, so she'll hopefully make it to Kona. Amanda Stevens, outstanding swim. I think she led out a Kona last year, 45.08. Wow. Pretty fast. It's pretty quick. And uh, top age grouper, John? Oh, top age grouper. On the guys' side of things, we had Bart Colpart from Belgium, um, and he did 8.40. 44.17 swims. He basically beat all the guys out of the swim. Um, 4.49 on the bike, 3.02 for an 8.40. Very impressive. On the girls' side of things, we had... Da, 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 Bianca Gross from Germany and she did a 9.58 very nice nice love your work uh, other news apparently there's going to be a new event for Auckland what's this about oh I don't know Bevan we got invited up to Auckland you and I yeah well I didn't hear about it well you didn't need to I figured I, <laughs> I didn't need to I, I, I figured you're not, you're not going to fly yourself up to Auckland for an announcement I from would a, too you would yeah, okay, I'll forward, I'm committed I'll forward, to the listener John I'll forward that email on to you but I got when is e- it it's like next week I've my flights now it's next week yep. sometime. A new, so to New Zealanders, there's going to be some sort of announcement from Iron Man. Ne- uh, I think it's next week. So I'm picking. It's either going to be 70.3, 70.3 or would they move Iron Man from Taupo? No. 
No, no. who knows? Maybe you no. know. Put, take it to a big let's city. Put, let's, let's put our let's put our predictions out there. You think? I th- I mean, I think it'll be like you. I think it'll be a seventy point three. What I'm going to be interested in is where they position that in the season. Well, we'll just take over another race that's already because uh, uh, we've got some pretty iconic half Ironmans in New Zealand. Uh, yes, and no. Well, they sell out. Mm-hmm. Only one. Oh no, two. Only one. Only one. Tauranga. Yeah, but doesn't Tapo say that that is? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, okay. But anyway, um, um, my prediction is it might be a seventy point three in Auckland. Oh, because you know they're trying to go for some of the big city sort of stuff, but yeah. Auckland is a pain in the a to try to organise anything. Yeah. So I don't know. Pain in the Auckland, are you saying? Exactly. Yeah. It yeah. would be quite controversial if they moved Ironman from from Taupo to to, to I somewhere can't else. see that happening. Who knows? Well, why would they announce that now? Don't know. Because Taupo is already happening next year. That's true. Yeah. So good I think, point. I think I've won that battle. Uh, Heather Wirtle was not banned for outside assistance. Marks. Uh, what's his nickname? Scud. Maybe yeah, the missile. Scud, maybe the missile. I think it is. Uh, on Heather Wirtle's DQ at Ironman Quarter Lane, she was not DQ'd for outside assistance. Heather, uh, outside assistance uh, violation is only viable, only viable time penalty. See USA Triathlon Rule three. Point four D. She was DQ'd for making forward progress, not accompanied by her own bike. Interesting one. And then someone else actually came back, and Craig Mockler came back, and he was saying that what's interesting is that Natasha Badman actually did that in Kona one year, and uh, she borrowed a Cervelo P2 after crashing her Cheetah the year she broke her collarbone in Kona, and uh, she didn't go on to finish. I don't think that year. Well, he's saying she did. Okay. So just saying. Just it's it interesting there, that you can, uh, if, if that is correct, that you only get a time penalty for outside assistance. Yeah, that is weird, isn't it? Yeah, interesting. But thanks, Senior. So, wait a second, that. you can borrow someone else's bike and hold your bike as you're biking along? She, good, but no, but hold on. She making forward progress, not accompanied by her bike. Yeah, so That's if you get me a bike, I put your, my bike over the shoulder, rode, you know, 5k to go, rode the rest of the ride. Is that okay? That's okay, that'd take a bit of skill. Oh, you'd make it work. You'd maybe just put the triangle over your shoulders. Hold on. <laughs> I one time rode home before I had to go to the airport and I had to go pick, pick up Joe's car from work and I rode to the, from home here to Joe's work, which is just in town, yeah. you know. But I had my suitcase on the front of my bike nice. and riding down the hill, I thought if I die right now, you deserve I'm going to be it. the Darwin Awards. <laughs> yeah, it's because it was definitely wasn't my sharpest move. Another quick piece of quick news, John. Yes. Rhodesy, did you see this one? No. Hot dog champion. Oh, right. <laughs> so let me read the story. Wait a second. Let me pull it up. It's pretty gold. Um, here we go. Rhodesy, hot dog champion. So, Rhodesy, hot dogs by the dozen. Uh, the parade island almost lost two hours, and the energy from the crowd never faded. Even after the excitement continued with the Flag Stars' first ever hot dog eating competition. This is not. Yeah. This isn't a triathlon thing. Yeah. The contest took place around the Opium Theatre at noon. More than 100 people gathered to see nine contestants down the dogs atop the Century Link afloat from the parade. The players had 10 minutes to eat as many hot dogs as they could. Most could not finish the 10 hot dogs that they were given to start with. However, the winner, Brian Rhodes, managed to scarf down 14 hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it was a close call because the second place contestant ate 10, but had fewer crumbs and pieces of the bun left over than Rhodes. In the end, the crowd decided that uh, with a pole of cheering that the crumbs were okay. Rose came all the way from New Zealand to train for Ironman Triathlon taking place this weekend. 
I've been over here for eight weeks training for an Ironman, I'm trying to do kind of Australian exit in there, um, and thought it was a perfect preparation for the race this weekend. Rosie said with a laugh, he also said, it's always fun to push your body to the limit and I'm always trying to do new things. However, he did add, I thought I could do more than 14. It's a lot harder than you think. <laughs> so, so, so nice road. And I think it was the running man sent through, sent through the link. He's actually sent through a video and there's a video, oh. this kind of like theatrical kind of video of one man. Oh dear. So Brian, roads that's pretty game doing it the week, week of a race mm. so hot dog champion nice work Rosie. Brian the hot dog roads there, there we go. go he's got those hot dog sideburns yeah going too. look at this look at the photo look at this yeah he's, he's, he's munching it down yeah. and the guy who came second he looked like he'd eaten a few hot dogs in his time <laughs> so he probably came in and, and probably thought yeah I'm, I'm taking this out this skinny little trifling next to him and Rhodes he just dominated the dojo dominated them so love your work Rhodesy Coming up this weekend, we've got Ironman Switzerland. 2,000-point race, $50,000 on the line. Uh, you got Ronnie Schildnick, who's most likely going to dominate the dojo. He's won the race um, about a gazillion times. Um, but he's going to have his countryman, Matthias Hecht, putting in a decent challenge. Uh, so Matthias Hecht is really drops the hammer on the bike these days. Remember Rasmus Henning saying that in Texas, you know, he just was killing it on the bike and mm. Rasmus was trying to keep up with him. So, um, but you've got to think Ronnie Shieldnick is, is the is the Cam Brown of this race. Um, so you expect him to dominate. And um, outside of those two, can't see too many other challenges there. On the girls' side of things, you've got um, seeded number one, Simone Brandy. You've got Erica... Um, sure. Oh, you want me to do a computer? <laughs> yeah. Okay, you got an next person, I'll pull her up. Uh, who else have we got in there? You've got Bella Bayless, I think, will be the other. Solmore. Erica Solmore. Solmore. Uh, and then you've got Bella Bayless, who I think she's she's only not even seated. She must be in a late entry, but I think she'll be the, the one to challenge out there. So I'm in Switzerland coming up this weekend. One other race of interest is the X-Man Off-Road, which is in Eastbourne in the UK. Um, yep. And it's an off. No, we've only talked about these a few times, but it's an off-road. So, so kind of like an exterior. Mm. So you know, a two point four mile swim. They're biking a hundred miles, um, and then they're running twenty eight miles, which is ninety percent of the bike is off-road. Got to be. It's got to be a hard day at the office. Yeah, man, because riding off-road is hard on your body first of all, and it's slow. Very slow. Yeah. So it'd be really interesting to see how it's, it seemed like they they had a hundred and. How long do you reckon they take? 10 or 11 hours if you could go there yeah at best I would have thought yeah yeah. so good luck to anybody doing that looked like there was about 150 people racing it Nice. nice, nice, good work. Okay, well, guys, going to now. I actually pulled up the article on this one. There's a guy who's going to basically try and let me. Here I am. Here I am. Okay, so we've got a guy called what's his name? It's called Jason Langston, and he's from Jacksonville, Florida. Yeehaw! <laughs> and uh, he's going to be trying to attempt 50 iron distance triathlons. It's a 2.4k swim. Uh, mile swim, a 112 mile bike, and a 26.2 mile run, just in case you didn't know, in 50 different states in under 100 days. Called the 500000 Langston, is trying to raise awareness for charities that stop animal cruelty and need pet adoption. The and motivation a dog called Maggie, Maggie May, Maggie May, eh, um, who he rescued six years ago. That's pretty. That's pretty it's pretty interesting cause, it's a isn't it? Charity yeah. to raise money for. You normally get like family cancer and you know some you know, some people do the religious thing and all the rest of it, but for your dog, exactly, it's a, it's a pretty hardcore effort to, for your dogs. So we've seen different attempts where guys have tried to do you know race Ironman races, whereas he's trying to do an Iron Distance. Yeah. Now, now John, yes. Have you read the article? 
I, I did skim read it, but... so Which means you didn't. Yeah. So um, what's interesting is, he, here's, here's his training regime. So he's got no stranger oh, yeah, to endurance events. Part. Was that? I did read that part. Yeah, so no, no, no stranger to endurance events. With a decade of competitive running behind him, he completed his first Ironman in 2004 and first ultramarathon, the 35-mile GT GT Maypoint in 2005, and has achieved pro-am cyclist status. So he's obviously a pretty sharp guy. Here's what he says. I have been training with a nine-mile run to the pool, two-mile swim, and nine-mile run home five days a week, Jason told us, and then 100-mile bikes at the weekend. So I'm getting to know how my body feels after a lot of training. Now I'm thinking, if you're going to do 50 Ironmen, it's not a huge amount of training. No, and the thing that... He, although he does say, in all fairness, it's just about he's given himself a 17 hour cut-off, he knows he's got to walk a lot of the marathons. Mm. Uh, you know, in terms of the... You know, obviously you'll get really tired doing this stuff, but I think for people who've never done any ultra distance training or racing, slow, don't they? no, but they don't understand the thing that's going to really screw you is going to be your undercarriage issues. Oh, true. You know, um, that's a lot of riding to do, and a fairly, you know, every second day basically you're doing 180 k's, 112 miles. That has taken a big toll on your undercarriage, yeah. and if you're wet, if you're you know you're sweating the rest of the time for the, the rest of the day, if it's wet, you're never going to get much recovery going on downstairs. So, that's a that's a big issue. You know, we, we even on Epic Camp, which is only you know eight to twelve days, at the end of that camp, you, we've got some some issues going oh, on undercarriages. Camp, I, had, I had terrible issues. Mm. Like. I like, couldn't sleep at night because there's so much pain kind of issues and mm. the thing is you've got to keep on trucking so exactly. you keep on pushing through and I think I got it early too so like but then luckily someone gave me a, a good cream that really helped but cheapest group I wasn't in a happy place mm. like you know getting on that bike in the morning mm. and if you're not super experienced with this and you don't know this before you go and once you've got it it's it's pretty tricky so if you get it day three you're going to have you know 47 days in front of you exactly so good luck to him yeah see how it goes um Different cause. I'm sure you can go on to find a website and, and donate yeah, some money. Really a website, so. um, but going to be an interesting challenge for them. Very good. So I love your work. That's from everymantry.com. If you want to work on your mental aspects of your training, uh, Training Peaks uh, doing a webinar coming oh. up this week. Uh, coming up, uh, I think it's next week um, with Dave Scott. We'll put a link on imtalk.me, and uh, it's basically you can sign in and. And watch the webinar live. Um, and if you can't make the live event, we'll notify anyone that signs up when it's archived, uh, when the archived version is available. Dave Scott's always gold as well. So I, th- I, I know these these webinars. You know, hopefully it won't be pitched at too low a level. Um, but Dave Scott's uh, he's awesome. Yeah. And, and you know, let's be honest. You know, when we look at the the legends. Scott was known for the mental toughness, wasn't he? Mm. You know, like you know, Mark Allen obviously is pretty mentally tough as well, but he was kind of very talented yeah. and Dave Scott was more known obviously very talented as well but known as just a grafter exactly you know so so it should be great stuff so um, yeah we'll put that link up on Training Peaks the other thing I was going to say about Training Peaks today if you want to see some funky stuff they've got um, they're, they're tracking the power files of a few guys um, in the Tour de France what's happening John? Uh, Bradley Wiggins is, is in, the, in the box seat at the moment I saw the news last night it doesn't look like he's very happy chappy but does he? Bradley Wiggins? Yeah, he apparently did a bit of a kind of lots of F words and then threw a camera or something. And oh, I didn't, I didn't see that. Yeah. No. So, um, oh no, because someone accused him of cheating drugs and he's gone. He's not happy about it. Oh really? Yeah. 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 That was that was the story. So someone, the Twitter's fear, John. Yeah. You heard of that? Yeah. We were on I tweets, had, I had yeah, now. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, and there's kind of word going around that he's on drugs and and he's he's taken the bait, John. Yeah. <laughs> he's taken the bait. So. I kind of think that in the, 
the UK scene, because he's come from the track cycling background, they've got pretty rigorous uh, rigorous yep. protocols in place there. So if I was going to say clean, not clean, I'd say for him I'd be veering on the side of pretty clean. Um, John, yes. big news out right now. The long-running Sydney Dextro Energy Triathlon is no longer more. Yep. Well, that's big news. It is big news. We haven't got to John's ITU update. Okay, yet. sorry. Um, sorry but anyway, try. so back to training peaks. Uh, they're, they're tracking a few guys on there. Chris Anger Sorensen, um, he was in a break the other day for most of the day, and they basically got their power files up on there. So, it's, so what um, are they pushing? Um, people can go on there and look. Go to trainingpeaks.com. <laughs> they can, they <laughs> can check it all out. <laughs> but, it, you know, when you're in a power zone, it varies massively what you're pushing. You know, when um, if you're just sitting yeah. in there, you're going to have quite a few zeros. It's still going to be hard work, but you'll just see it ramp up towards the end. And then, obviously, when they've got hilltop finishes, it's pretty fascinating. So they've got a couple of guys that they're tracking on there. So you go to Training Peaks and check that out. One other thing that just came to my attention the other day um, with the, the premium version of Training Peaks, um, because I've recently got into my, my, my Google Calendars and, and having it all synced. You know, I know phones. that, John, because I get all these appointment calendar things. Yeah, so, you do you appointments. so one of the cool things you can do um, with the premium version is you can have the calendar link um, with your training. So then any session that you're programmed in there, whether you're being coached or whether you're doing your own program yourself, boom, just link straight into your into your phone. So whenever you're out training, you can uh, you can just boom, straight in there. Okay, exactly Maximal, this is Chris Anker. Yeah. And his Maximal one-minute power output... 412 watts yeah you more, you more want to look at sort of probably what he's doing for sort of five to ten minutes okay five five minutes yeah. um 371 mm. and then 20 minutes 353 incredible it's not too bad incredible uh, pretty high cadence exactly yeah so check it all out on trainingpeaks.com okay check it out okay john i you update you haven't got it on here i haven't got it up there i did see that piece of news there so the sydney world champ series is no longer why uh, it just sounds like money. You've got to stump up a fair, cramp, fair amount of money, and and obviously to shut down part of Sydney, they've weighed it up and said the government's not prepared to crank it, keep cranking out the money. That's a pity because it's a cool race, isn't it? It is a good race, yeah. And that's kind of the only race, and it fits in quite well into the season. Yeah, you know, it starts the season off. Um, so we'll, we'll replace it. Who knows? Uh-uh. Who knows, Bevan? Because this is the only real race over this side of the year, isn't it? Oh yeah, over the world. I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll generally have one in Asia, and then now they've got one in the States, and the rest will be in, in Europe. You know, Europe is a stronghold for for ITU and um, big money, big races, wow. good good coverage. Mind blowing, John. Mind, Mind blowing. blowing. Hot Mind topic of the week. Hot topic of the week. So last week we had a hot topic of the week, and I'm just going to pull it up right here. And can you tell me what it was, John? It was. So you're standing at the finish line. Oh, that's right. Your partner or good mates come across the line. They haven't exploded, but they, they've maybe met their C goal for the day, and they're, they're a, bit, a bit not happy about it. And uh, we got some good, some good comments in here. And let's remember, John, the best one, or we're doing randomizer, aren't we? Random.org. Um, the complete book of triathlon training by Mark Cleanhouse. And, uh, yep, so the best one, no, random.org. So what we do, we just count the number and... And then we go to random.org and we just yep. get a random okay, number. Okay, so let's go through it. So how many? we got 56 posts. Okay, great. So you pull up random.org and okay, we get a number between new. 1 and 56. Ian Wood, uh, so what do people so what do you say to your partner? Ian Wood said, oh, I thought you were, it was a half you were doing. <laughs> oh, you don't say that. We've got a real mix here between people that are just <coughs> giving them a bit of a dig or people going, oh, you were really good. So you know, wait a second. Okay. So, so they cross the line in Iron Man really slowly and you say, oh, I thought it was a half. Yeah. <laughs> That's then. So it's an injury. Okay, who have I got here? Craig Craig Kirkwood's got 
Oh, nice like glow it. stick. That's nice. a good one. That's classic. <laughs> um, Joanna Pitzel, I know it will cheer you up. Wink, wink. Oh, nice. The fourth discipline. Okay. Tony Hodge, she's, she's loving. She goes, I'm so proud of you for finishing, honey. Mm. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Honey. Uh, Richard Donovan, at least you had a better race than I did. Oh, that's assuming you're going to always be bad, Richard. Mm. That's good. John Ellis has got the tough days that make the good days so good. Now let's get to the pub for some beers and we can talk shit about the race. Nice. Uh, Rob Grummet, in 20 years' time, your friends won't look at your medals and say, wow, you finished 10 Ironman, but geez, that one where you were 40 minutes slower than you'd hoped just doesn't count, so don't stress it. Nice. Nathan Walsh, was that a PB? <laughs> <laughs> um... Nadia McLaren. I wonder how Nadia did it. Wrote she did wrote last weekend. Uh, bugger. Hope you had fun out there. Okay, Gary White. It's probably this one. Draft bitch. Let <laughs> me to the kitchen and make some dinner. My dinner. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, George Larson. You didn't DNF or D, DQ. Um, said you're not on the podium. Analyze what went wrong. Improve next time. But now shut up and enjoy the atmosphere. Steve Waugh, yeah. famous cricket player, listeners of the show. Oh, yes. Yeah, Steve yeah, Waugh, yeah. thanks, Steve. You know, yeah. Great career, illustrious. Brother, brother yeah. had a brother. Yeah. He was captain of Australia for a long Steve time. Steve Waugh was. Mark Waugh was the other one, wasn't he? Yeah. They're both great players, weren't Mark they? Mark Waugh's a commentator now. Is he? Mm. I don't really watch cricket nowadays. Okay, race over, lessons learned. Next event, actually, this is a regular occurrence for me as I'm pretty slack with my training and diet. Can't say it brings me tears, though. I'm in it for the experience, not the silverware. Jules Stargazer Gorham, uh, I have to say... Everyone was slow and hurting. Good job, babe, because I train more than he does and I wouldn't want to give up my training time should he feel he was underprepared. Matthew Binns has finally said we've got a good topic here. Uh-huh. Yeah, Thank you, He's got uh, a lot of suck-up on here who on here's who needs <laughs> You're to... going well. Yeah. <laughs> You're going well. Matthew, I bet you're proud you posted that one. <laughs> uh, whatever, he, he likes it. <laughs> Robert, Robert, um, I'm gonna get a hard time for this now. Robert, boom, boom, Bielum, I think it's boom, boom. Yeah. Um, shit happens. Be thankful you didn't do a Norman Stadler, i.e., cries because, cry because of a flat tire, or rather having chosen not to bring any spears. Nice. That, that's fair enough, Pete Hagen. I'm still your biggest fan, is what um, his wife Sharon said to him. Nice. Oh, and then she's got no. I wouldn't. No, she's got. After I, I would tell, finish telling Peter about how I'm still his biggest fan. I'd also remind him that not every race is a good race. While shrugging my shoulders. Yeah. So I think yeah. There's two different tacks people seem to be taking. That's uh, taking the piss. And I, I don't know if I'd ever risk doing that on a coaching front or a, uh, a pit. well I suppose it would depend it's hard as a coach point. isn't it because as a coach you know not everyone's always going to have a great race oh yeah you know yeah. and so you, you know you kind of got to learn to have that sympathy kind of talk don't you mm. Mm. you know and, and as a coach you're trying to get people good results and sometimes you know as much as we can prepare as much as possible it's still going to be the bad days and uh, especially when it's the A race eh? mm. you know and, and it's like oh yeah so you know, from a, when I put my coaching hat on, I'm I'm generally going to be trying to look for the positives and saying, you know, if, if it was a crappy run, you know, saying, well, you know, trying to figure out how the bike and the run was, try to find some the bike in the in the swim, trying to find some positives in there. And then, but but I'm not, I generally don't try to suck up too much. If the run was crap, the run was crap. Well, we had a guy do the coast, I mean, do the um, Gold Coast Marathon with we you from part of our running team, and uh, he wanted to do sub four. And he was up to it. He was, you know, a good day he could put off sub four. It wasn't that unrealistic. He ended up doing five or just under five. But he went through the first 10K in three, 3.30 pace. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, 
you know, and you kind of got to go, well, mate, you know, we talked to you about pacing, you know, like, yeah, and yeah. so, so sometimes. But that conversation probably not straight at the finish line. No, I didn't. No, yeah. I said, I love you. Yeah. And, and stroked them and said, I, I still love you, honey. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my, I generally try to, um, you know, as you focus on the positive side of things um, and just, you know, try to let them not stress too much about the, the crappy side of things. Let's turn it on you, John. Yeah. What? Do you want to hear at the finish line? I don't want to hear somebody uh, sucking up to me. Oh, I, don't, really? I don't want somebody to go, oh, great race out there. Oh, you did so... If I came in at a, a 9.30 or something like that, oh, that's such a fast time. You're really, really good. I'm just going to go... And that's how this topic came up because... you um, get angry, don't you? Well, no, a guy um, that I coach who did uh, Court Lane, he didn't have a... He, he blew up on the... In, yeah, at one stage on the run, you know, about 10k to go on the run, and he blew up, and he, and he still came in in a respectable time, finished pretty well up in his age group, but didn't have the race, the end of the race that he wanted. And people were coming up and saying, "Oh, that's faster than I'd ever go. Great job!" And yeah. he's going, and he, he was he was trying not to um, talk down to people who finished behind him, saying, "Oh, wow, you did so great!" And he's yeah. going, "No, I did crap, but I still beat you," sort of thing. Yeah, he's like, I, I didn't have a good race. It's like when you know someone who's not overweight, and they're talking to someone else who's overweight, and they're going, mm. "Oh, I'm getting put on so much weight," and you're yeah, going, "Actually, exactly. in this moment, it's not the time to do that." So. Um, if it was you, if it was you, if it was you there, I probably I don't know. I probably may take a bit of a piss. I remember with Gorda, oh, <laughs> and with Gorda, I remember uh, it wasn't in a race situation, but I used to um, annoy him by saying, "What? Did you get a puncher out there or something like that?" <laughs> and one, <laughs> that wound him up once or twice. It was good. Um, then he started crushing me. Then it wasn't so much fun. <laughs> and if, I'd, if he'd said that to me, I wouldn't have been very happy. Um, so I think you just got to pick your moments and you got to know what sort of person they are. It is a sensitive time, isn't it? Because I remember, you know, you have these races and and I don't know someone you know doesn't have such a good day and you you kind of don't know what to do, do you? You no. can't. You you're very aware of yourself in that moment around what you should say. It's it's mm. pretty. I, I probably would tend to, I tend to go towards the caring place, but um. I think yeah. you're going to try to snap them out of it, and then it's not the end of the world for them to have that crappy race. Empathise with them that hey. It, didn't go your way and and um so the thing is, it's also it. like the advice thing you know like the guy you know the guy who did the 330 for the first 10k and we're kind of like well you know afterwards you know a week later we said you know look mate you you know pacing's what you've got to start to work on because mm. you, you know you felt good and you, we, we talked to you about this and you can have that conversation then but even after a race that's not when you want to give advice oh, no you know people need to kind of sit and just in the emotion of feeling bad and figuring out what that is and and if anything, I suppose it's, you know, maybe it is just allowing people to have their space. Mm. So, hey, you know, I, I know it's probably disappointing for today for you out there. I'm here when you need me. But we're coming from it from the New Zealand psyche as well. Yeah. Whereas in America, and this is a gross generalisation, yep. you, you, yeah, you can see the comment, the comments again. there, a lot, a lot more of that hugging and, you know, it's all going to be okay. And, and I guess yep. that's different for different people where they finish in the field. But, um, yeah. It's interesting to see the people's different perspectives. Mm, it really is. Um, at random.org, John, I've been there. Oh, yes. Number 11. Who's number 11? Number 11. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, do I count someone who's done two in a row? No. Ten. Rob Gromit. Gromit. I read his one out, didn't I? Yeah, 20 years, friends might be saying. Rob Gromit. Okay, send us for an email and we'll give you uh, Mark Cleanhouse's details. And again, the book is The Complete Book of Triathlon Training. And I will say, she's a pretty mean looking book. And he's going to send you through a copy of that. So there you go. Rock on. I'm not sure about this week's topic, Bevan. Okay, don't um, do it. 
Okay, well, I'll, I'll read it out to you. Yeah, as James the Wise One Botel, and the general gist of it, do you have any concerns about the potential damage that Ironman training or racing does to your body? He's, oh, okay. he's cited an article um, that was on, that we'll post with this. Uh, the, the, the elite runner in... The article in Runner's World analyzes the recent health studies and highlighted that higher volume runners, i.e. 25 miles plus per week, and faster runners, those that um, quicker than 7 minute 30 miles, had a higher death rate. So the question is, how does the community feel and think about long-term health impacts of Ironman training? Um, so, I can put that one out there. Yeah, I, think, I actually think there's a good discussion. Okay. Because nice, nice work, James. Yeah, well, you know, we're like... She, we push our bodies pretty hard mm-hmm. and it's okay right now when we're in our 30s and 40s and but you know maybe when you get to 60 you've been doing this for 15 20 years i'm gonna put it out there now that um i know we'll talk about it next week but i'd much rather be doing what we're doing than uh playing rugby oh we yeah were, we were, oh, we were watching yeah. uh the second half of the crusaders game last week and oh, Linda and i like were just watching the game that can't be good for you. No. That scrum. How can that be good for you? Yeah, no, sheep so anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's that, where's that fine line where things become unhealthy because you do it to the extreme? Mm. Good question. Okay, so we'll put that up on the website. Okay, athletes.com. Oh, I can see my uh, mic. John, what John had done here this week is basically athletes.com's advertisement is basically how can I make John look good? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was too, Well, it was, come on. I want to say firstly... Um, I'm using my Mac and I can see my Mac sort of done something funny here. Um, so I'm, I'm in Switzerland this weekend. We've got Gabrielle Sayer um, who's, who's heading out there. I'm just going down, down a little bit. He's aiming for a 9.29.58. Oh, That's a pretty okay. fancy time. And Scott Humphreys is also racing out there and he's heading over from the States. But the one thing that I discovered when I was on Athlinks um, last night sort of doing some peas for the show is they've upgraded their, their rival section of the, um, of the site since I've, since I've last looked at it. And it's, it gives you a much bigger list of rivals now. And you do 13.27 for 5K? Um, that can't be accurate. No, that's Hagley realised that's not 5k, that's more like 4 and it's cross country too. Uh. Um, so what you can do now, you've got a, uh, I seem to have a much bigger list of rivals and you can really compare them. So what I did, I've just got three guys that, that, um, that, that live locally to Christchurch. You can just you select you them. You didn't have yeah. Axel Riser on there. I didn't see his name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got to be claiming their results as well. Um, and if they're, as long as they're claiming their results, you can basically click whoever you want to compare yourself against and then boom, it'll give you whatever races, say I've, I've just selected three of us, whatever races we've gone head to head and it'll basically give you your times and who sort of finished out on top all the time. So that's really cool if you're somebody that races fairly regularly and you've got um, a good sort of local network of athletes and you, you like to see where you're sort of sitting head to head. Um, I just think it's a cool function. So here, you know, for, for us, I pulled up about three or four different results and it was me versus Andrew Black versus Paul Watt who's um, a little bit slower but it basically gives you your time splits for each race and where you placed and, and the difference between the three of you so I think it's a cool function if you like sort of uh, seeing where you fare on a head to head basis with and what you can athletes. do you can do what John's done is basically always make yourself look good exactly. because you only choose rivals who you know deep down you've beaten anyway so then you look and you go wow I, I seem to always beat Andrew Black and Paul Watt Yes. Has Andrew Black ever beaten you? He must have beaten you a couple of times. There was one race before the uh, because he got pretty sharp running for a while there, didn't he? Yeah, did we, did three, we did We did the um, a 5K, which was just before I did the Christchurch Marathon. And I basically just said, I'm running 16.30 because it was like a week before. I don't want to run any quicker than yeah. that. And uh, 
and he's and I said I'm sticking to my guns. I'm not. I don't care who's sprinting me. I'm running 16:30, and he he put a little surge in the last 75 meters, so he beat me by a second. He didn't put that one on here. No, I chose not to. Oh, yeah. See, so yeah. you can do convenience, you know, results. Yes. This book I was talking about earlier, what was really interesting is they're talking about cheating and they're talking about how if people cheat. So they do these tests where, um, for example, you know, you'll do a test and they have the answer scores. The answer's mm. actually down the bottom. You've got to make yourself, mm. and most people end up cheating because mm. they do a sample test to see what the average score is and then they do it with the cheats. And most people end up cheating. They'll cheat like four or five questions. But the interesting thing about it afterwards is that then when they, they have to predict how they're doing the next test. Mm. So let's say I cheated in a test and I got 70 out of 100. And normally I'd probably get 60 or maybe 55. Then they say to me, look, we're going to give you money to predict what you're going to do in the next test. And if you mm. get that right, you get more money. So in theory, using the fact that I know I cheated in the last test, I should probably say, okay, I get around 55 to 60. People always assume they'll go for 70. Mm. So even when they cheat, they own the cheating. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Eh? And, and, and even in, a, in a, an example where they'll make profit by being more upfront about the fact, you know, to recognise. But when we <laughs> cheat, we often own the higher quality that came with it. So crazy yeah. world out there. Don't yeah. cheat on your Athlinks results. Make sure you put everything up there. Yeah, very good. Okay, so everything on athlinks.com. Okay, I'm going to put some music on, John. Cool. Here we go. It's Grubber of the Week, week. and uh, you're just giggling away to yourself, and what's that about? So Jay Garrett's sent this one through, and she's got, the subject is Amazing Boyfriend at the Outlaw Try. This is Hello Beaven. Beaven, oh, Beaven, I often get that one. Beaven, just think of a bee driving a van, Yeah, but if only one E. Right. (laughs) Or you could say... Yeah, anyway, I'm writing to, um, into you guys for one reason, and it is my, to big up my boyfriend on your show. Every Tuesday morning on a drive to work, I'm literally forced to listen to your show on the way, and I thought it's about time that I heard my fella's name read out for age group of the week, or forced talk his name, wait a second, I lost the line there, oh, wait a second, age group of the week... Maybe that was my fault. I'll, I'll take some responsibility there, Bevan. Maybe that was my fault. Yeah, what do you name? Okay, I'll, I'll just go on first. His name is Nathan Bradford, age 33, and lives with me in Hearsford Poise. Is that how you say that? He works hard, uh, he works hard uh, with working full-time and training long hours. I really get to see him and find it hard to understand his commitment to the sport. However, this view has changed over the last two years. Seeing him do so well at Ironman Bolton in 2011 and qualify for Kona in 2011, where he managed to have a chat with you both on the boat. Yes, for Coffees of Hawaii. He amazes me with his progress and drive to keep on pushing. From last week's show, oh, this office a few weeks ago, I'm pretty sure you'll be... Um, covering the Outlaw Triathlon and John you will mind uh, with your mind for facts and figures I'm sure you'll see how Nathan's name appeared in the third place in a time so third place overall solid in a time of 9.26 he worked his way up through the bike and made some places on the run and left his soul sweat and shoelaces out there I'd love to get a shout out uh, to surprise his life out of him Firstly, because he thinks I don't listen to it in the car, which she does. And she actually, after the message, she said to me, it's a favourite thing in the week. Yeah. Yeah, she did. She said, seriously. Stretching the truth there, Bevan. No, not at all, John. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And secondly, because he deserves it. Thanks for always being with me on a Tuesday morning. And you guys uh, conduct a crazy good show. So and it's from Jade Garrett. And uh, it is pretty cool. They're third. Because that was one Harry one, wasn't it? 
Harry Hutch or Dirty Harry? Yeah, Dirty Harry. Dirty, Dirty Harry. Harry. There you go. Dirty <laughs> Harry won it. And uh, cheapest, mate, to get third in any race. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the Outlaw was not a small race either. No, 9.26, very solid. And uh, got gone to Kona and, you know, and he's a working full-time athlete as well. So, and... He obviously does something right because the girl, you know, most working athletes kind of end up breaking up their partners. He's converted her. He's converted her now. Jade will expect to see you out there racing soon as well. Yeah, she's going, she's listening, and she's going, no, I won't in the car right now. She goes, no, you're okay. We've we've got to look at our listener stats a bit more closely, Bevan, because we we, we know how many people download the show. Millions. And then we've got all these these partners and stuff that Uh, are now listening. We could start hitting up some sponsors saying, this is our numbers, but we know we actually get five times this amount. Five times, yep. Yep. Just so, extending uh, that truth again. When, when's been the best time you've ever had a race when you didn't expect to do well? Oh, I don't know. Because uh, I don't know if Nathan was expected to do well, but cheapest creepers, mate. You're coming in third. It's very solid. That's a pretty good buzz. Exactly. You know, like, that's pretty cool. And especially in a race, because they, what, get about a thousand competitors there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it's a pretty good race. So Nathan, nice yep. work. Yep. Hopefully, you guys haven't crashed the car this morning. Just, just, just give her a rub. Give a pull over right now. Little leg rub. Little leg rub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always yeah. I need pull over and just look in her eyes and and like do this right now. So pull over the car. Wait a second. Give a second. Okay. Indicate. Okay. Good. Park. Good. Now look her in your eyes and just say, "I love you, honey." I'll give you a few seconds. Now grab her just softly in the cheeks and give her a big dirty patch. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. Jade's loving the fact she's sending this email. Having. Driven in the UK, they're probably actually sitting in a traffic jam right well, now. Well, CG, don't even have to pull over. Exactly. It's a win-win. Exactly. So, <laughs> Nathan uh, Bradford. You are our age, age group of the, of the week. week. Love your work. Sponsor. Bevan, have you seen these heat waves that are going through the States at the moment? Well, apparently the Poms have got it really bad weather and the, the Yanks got the really hot weather. That's pretty normal. Um, no, but apparently the Poms have got the like, worst summer ever. I know. And it's real concern for the Olympics. Yeah, the Olympics, they look like they've done an amazing job with the Olympic venues. Really? Yeah, it looks fantastic. I wish you'd gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know we're not that we're not that important <laughs> no John we are in my mind but in the States it's bloody hot at the moment and, and across um, a fair amount of Europe you know obviously I'm in Austria last weekend it was like 40 something on the run and sometimes in some situations it can be just a little bit too hot to have a nice hot cup of coffee mm, um, yeah so, it can be because you don't want hot drinks in, yeah. on hot days so here's your solution Iced coffee. Whoa, did I sell iced coffee? Malulani Estate. On a hot summer day in the islands, nothing beats an iced coffee. Yes. A coarse ground Malulani Estate coffee at the medium roast is an ideal coffee at a great price for this aloha treat. Easily made with a cold water brewing system or use our recipe above. Must be a recipe on there. Uh, Then just pour half a cup of coffee, concentrate into a tall glass of ice, add water or cream to suit your taste. Well, you mean you, you put all cream in there? That'd be pretty so. sickly, wouldn't it? That would be nice. What about milk? Well, they're suggesting a bit of cream. Wow. So check it out on coffeesofwai.com. It was on the homepage when I was on there the other day, but get yourself some iced coffee for those hot summer days. It is sounding very, very hot in the States. A lot of my guys over there I'm coaching are actually uh, crumbling a bit under the under the heat, having to do a lot of indoor sessions. Where is a it, lot of treadmills. Is it can't be all of America. There's a lot on the on the East Coast, um, mm. a lot of fires and stuff. And Colorado, I think, has got a lot as well. So I think it is a bit of a, a general across the country and, and many parts of the States. So I hope you guys are all coping okay and not uh, not nuking yourself too much. But if it is a little bit hot, I think it's a bit too hot for a hot cup of coffee, go on to Coffees of Hawaii, get yourself some iced coffee. Um, Do you know, there's, there's something about a, a drink, stopping and having a drink in life that's quite a nice thing. You know, like on a hot day, mm-hmm. when you just stop and you... 
It should be like an advertisement, you know. There's something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's something about stopping having a drink. So at to to Coke or something like that. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like when you've been working hard, and or even like a hot drink, you know, like you know, I've, I, I you know kind of have three hot drinks in my day, and you kind of stop and you kind of grab your hot drink, and the process of making the drink, and this actually goes quite well into my coffee, my coffee, my coffee tip fact, my coffee fact, and yeah. this one's actually a big fact, and it was sent through from who sent it through? Now let me have a look here. I was going to pull up my little notes here, John, and it was pulled sent through from. Glenn Olson and Glenn Olson just sent through this really great article actually and uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's pretty long but it's design decoded and it's um, I'll put it on www.imtalk.me and it's the long history of the espresso machine right and when do you think the espresso machine came out John? Um, 1807 oh too early too early the first initial basically patent for it was 1884 and the reason was coffee shops became huge in Europe around that time. Coffee became, you know, that kind of big social thing. It kind of is still today. And um, the, the old way of processing or, or making coffee was just too slow. And so some guy called Angelo Morondo, sent from Italy, he's, he thought, well, bugger, I'm going to try my coffee machine. And that was the first one. Apparently it wasn't that great, but then in 1903 they updated it. And it's, uh, yeah, and so hence the invention of the coffee machine or the espresso machine. Nice. Mm, so not espresso. Espresso. Yes, there you go. People get angry. They do, John, because coffee is one of those passion things, isn't it? It is. People are passionate about it. Like Joe, don't go to a bad coffee shop, John. I know. Blender's the same. Yeah, don't do it because good coffee, you pay for good coffee and there's a reason you're getting it. So there you go. It's uh, this week's coffee fact. If you've got more coffee facts, send them through to me because getting a little bit low. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to put some music on. Here we Sounds go. Sounds good. Corner. That was my fault. I, I, I pointed too early. I push record on my, my on the Mac nowadays. It takes just a couple of seconds to start. Mm. It used to just kind of happen. I'm not sure what's happening there, but you like the angry music? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What's your favourite angry music? Um, Do you ever get into like Metallica? Oh, okay. <laughs> nice prodigy. <I> know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good song. Have you uh, seen a video to that song? No. Have you not? No, I don't no. do music videos. Oh, you need to. Um, brought to you by slstry.com. Yeah, well, you can compress after you've smacked your <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Um, brought to you by SLSTry.com. Um, part it's going to be a double part series today. <coughs> uh, I haven't done one for a while. Two series is in what? Two topics. Two topics. Why'd you do that? Um, because I had two topics I just needed to discuss. Okay. Uh, and we didn't have a lot of content elsewhere in the show. Well, we're already up to an hour. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll just do one part. <laughs> Save the other part for next week. Oh, I might skip. I might do the second part fairly quick. So part one. So let's let's just call somebody Mary, shall we? Mary, Mary, Mary last name, Rumsworth, and quite contrary, quite contrary. Uh, middle name quite, third name contrary. Are you playing with words? As in, I know a Mary. Yeah, Mary rides a bike a lot and is from Christchurch. Yeah, blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got a little bit of tattoo somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I know Mary. So Mary's listening. Mary, listen, 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 listen to the listen show. To John. Um, and bit of, a, bit of a legend. A bit of a legend on the bike. Yeah, all right. man. She's she's not the youngest lady on the town. No. Not saying you're old Mary, but just saying you're not the youngest lady, but she keeps with the boys, doesn't she? <laughs> Does she what? I remember last time we rode Gorges, she was glued to the wheel, all right? Yeah. And we were not Break your heart when stuff much. like that happens, though, because at times in your career you feel like a bit of a legend, mm. and then someone just comes along to a training session, and they just kind of keep it real for you, don't they? Mm. Mary's a bit like that for us boys. But I was in a bit of a rush to get away. I did a little um, 
clinic the other day and, and on the home front the, the oven had broken down it was like 5.30 at night and Blinda's going the oven's broken Get open. and Mary asked me a question I had to, I had to keep moving pretty quick but she said oh look Lots of people are telling me I need to have a day off um, every, every week and I should chill out a bit. And she goes, but I don't really feel like I need a day off. And, and should I have it? And I sort of said, oh, well, everybody's a bit different, you know. Depends on your, your circumstances and so on. And, and she said, well, you know, I've got a pretty low-stress job. Um, it's pretty structured. You know, I work X hours a day and, and I've got quite a bit of time for training and, and uh, haven't really got any other commitments. I'm not sure if she's got a partner or, or not. Um, or she hasn't, hasn't got any kids or anything. So it's basically work, training, and, um, and a lot of her training, a lot of her friends are involved in the yep. sports of training. You yep. know, hanging out with your mates. Hanging out with your mates and stuff. And she said, I don't really feel like I need a day off. And I said, well, some, a lot of, some people don't necessarily need a day off. You can just have an easier day. But it sort of started... For me, I didn't have time to sit there and talk about periodization and all that sort of stuff, so I thought I'd do that now. Oh. Um, so the, the day off, I think, you know, is, is a personal thing. For In a lot of circumstances, I've, I've really forced guys to have a day off if they've got a busy job, if training, they're, you know, they're, they're having to always be really super well organized to fit it all in, and if they've got, they've got families, then I, in most circumstances, I'll say, you know, Firstly, have a, have a day off each week or have a very easy swim day. Um, and for for guys and girls in that situation where they have got busy, family busy, I'll, I'll be pretty much forcing them to try to have a day off every third or fourth week at the weekend and saying complete day off, chill out, relax yeah. yourself, hang out with the family. Get some, do, get do some emotional credits with the family. Exactly. Mm. But I think the bigger question here is around um, periodization and periodization of your week and also periodization of your season that's the most important thing and a lot of people just get stuck in the same routine doing the same thing and they plateau and they don't have easier weeks they don't have easier days so I think what you need, really need to look at Mary and, and other people is firstly you know whether you need that day off or whether you just need an easier day or maybe you have a complete day off every every second week um, I think you know just ask yourself where you sort of fit at and how, how busy busy life is um, but I think most people need to have a bit of a look at their overall periodization and making sure that that they really do every three or four weeks have an easier week where you do really chill out and you drop the training load and that may be dropping training intensity or it may be dropping training volume but you need every three or four weeks to just back off and, and make sure that you absorb the training you've done chill out and then sort of make it your next sort of push rather than doing the same thing week in week out and also for the self-coach athlete making sure that you do have you know particular training focuses as you're going through the year obviously you'll have your, your race build-ups but making sure that you do structure the rest of the year so you are working on your, your weaknesses um, you know sort of in, in the off season and you are following you know a fairly systematic build-up to your, to your main race and also you know asking yourself that question around balance and um, if you are one of those people that works long hours has um, family commitments and you are always fighting to fit training in or you have to be extremely well organized those people are really strongly encourage you every three or four weeks to make sure that you have a chill out weekend a light day one day and the other day completely off and uh, and trying to remove yourself from the triathlon sphere and uh and just just chilling out i always, I always go back to the, i don't know i probably talked about this a lot on the show but it's that whole why aren't you willing to take a day off 
Mm. And so, you know, you know, maybe, you know, like in Mary's case, maybe, you know, she just, just love it and she's training's more the buzz and mm. she just does a few races occasionally. I, I, I'm not saying that's what Mary does, but, you know, there might be that. But if it's an esteem thing, you know, because a lot of people, they live in that fear that if I miss a day, mm. it all goes downhill. And, and so then you've got to go, well, how do you measure your success? You know, how do you measure, your, you know, and, and one of the biggest common faults we see in our sport is that people think war is always better. Mm-hmm. And, and often that leads to a lot of people's downfall is that, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, actually, and you look at a lot of the research nowadays, it's kind of saying that the recovery is actually the most important part. Well, not the most, it's obviously you need to train, but a really big important part of you being successful and, and things like having days off are an important part, especially if you're going to do that kind of three week, every three to four weeks, having a light week, mm. you know, to chuck it a day off in there is actually really healthy for your body mm. and for your mind if you can accept it. But if you're in that day when you're that day off and you think, oh my God, I'm going to lose everything and your esteem's based on that, then you're probably never going to take those breaks. But, you know, there is value in doing that. And so, you know, sometimes ask yourself, well, why am I so afraid of taking some downtime? And, and, if, and if you can acknowledge that it's an esteem thing and then try to figure out okay, well, if I, it is because I'm worried I'm going to lose what I am if I have a day off. How can I overcome that? And sometimes questioning that kind of line of thought can be pretty valuable as well. So somebody in, in Mary's situation, we've got um, low-stress job, haven't got family commitments, love doing your training. You know, I'd still encourage you to have an easier um, day each week where it might just be a really 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 easy um recovery spin um you know either like on a friday or monday but i don't think there there is no hard and fast rule that you must have a day off but if you're in mary's situation i think the critical thing would be that you periodize your week so it may may be that you don't have a day off each week but every third or fourth week you really need to be backing off the training and reducing the load absorbing everything and then making it making your next push Mm. You got things to ask yourself uh what have i got there yes i've got to scroll down um so yeah i think the things um you know, you want to ask yourself whether you think you need a, a day off um, each week. Is uh, you know, if you are rushing around to fit everything in in life, then I'd generally encourage to have a very uh, have it have a day off. Most people it tends to work best to have to do that on Friday because the, the bigger part of your training is going to be at the weekend. Um, secondly, asking yourself if things are in balance on the home front. If they're you know if you are always slightly out of balance a little bit and being a bit selfish. Definitely make sure that you um, you, know, you plan in some some time with the family and make sure you communicate them saying right this Sunday complete day off I'm not doing anything and uh, and commit to it. The other one is if you're getting enough sleep and if you're in Mary's situation where you're nice and structured and everything's okay and sleep's good. If you're constantly um, missing a bit of sleep, then again that that day off. Um, it may be that you get up at the same time, but it might be that you have a bit of a nana nap. Um, if you're always tired all the time, again, probably an indication that you do need a chill out day each week. And you also need to think about your periodization. And also, if you're at that stage where things have really stagnated a bit, then again, you need to go back to that periodization saying, well, is, am I just not having any easier weeks or do I need an easier day? So just, it's, there's no hard and fast rule, but most people do need a chill out day each week. Uh, I, with with some of the elite athletes I work with, I work on a, a ten day cycle because they're not sort of have, don't have to be so structured around the weekends. Um, and usually on a ten day cycle, what I'll do is uh, like on the fifth day, I'll make that an easier day where they'll probably just swim, and then every tenth day they'll have as a complete day off. Um, so that's another way of looking at it if you're in a, a situation where you don't have to centre your you know, your key workouts around the weekend. When you are having your day off or your easier day whenever that might fall, chuck on a pair of SLS comp- compression recovery tights and that will really enhance your recovery. 
Okay, there you go. There you there you go. John. So you go to slstry.com, use the code Talk. Um, I do like their compression tights. They're different. You know, you get most compression tights, they're made out of that sort of syn- you know, synthetic... Um, yep. Um, kind of lycra. Lycra, lycra material. And um, I just feel that the, the SLS ones, they feel more comfortable and um, they feel like they're actually working a bit better. I sleep in them. I was sleeping in them in Kona and I wasn't getting too hot at all, which is fantastic. And this was that without air conditioning over there. Um, so they've obviously got some good, you know, don't don't overheat you, but they, they are more of a, I don't know, traditional material that they're made out of. Um, also, for you Americans, um, you want to support something, they're made in the USA, so you're not buying stuff that's being made in China. 99 bucks, less your I Am Talk discount, Nicely priced, so check it out at slstry.com. No, it's written about this Lance Armstrong going to basically, he's yeah, he's firing back at the US ADA. So, you know, sorry, I was kind of another place. Okay, um, you want to do part two? What do you think, Bevan? Yeah, I think we've got time. Okay, I haven't, I haven't didn't put any questions down this week. Yeah, I've got a couple at the end, but okay. yeah. Yep. So this was sent um, sent through by um, Marion Moose Herring, MD, from Advanced Orthopaedic Sports Medicine Centre. and Moose also stuff. Yeah, he also yeah. works in with Rob Green um, from Active Chiropractic. And the reason that Moose sent this through to me was uh, he's actually just gone through a stress fracture. He's coming out the other side of it. Um, and as Bevan says, as, as Bevan we had a bit of delay there. Sorry about that. So anyway, M- Moose has um, basically had a stress fracture, and he's had to practice what he preaches, um, and he's found that really challenging because it, what, what he's basically got here is, is a staged process you need to go through to get to get over a stress fracture that he uses. Um, and let's be honest, a lot of people get uh, stress fractures in our sport, don't they? Yeah, they do, and yeah. and they try to jump back into training yep. too quickly, yep. and uh, or keep going. When they get early signs. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So the, the, I'm sort of going to go through the process of, of how he treats it. Um, and not everybody is, is uh, stays in, the, in his sort of stay, phases perfectly. Like he had to spend a lot longer in each phase than what he would have liked. He'd hope he'd, he'd come through a lot quicker. And he was really struggling to practice what he preached. But he, but he had to do it. And, uh, and he's now coming out the other side and he's, he's back running. Um, so a stress fracture definition, I think we all kind of know what a stress fracture is, but the bone begins to break down like the bending of a paper clip. Um, the more it bends, the more it becomes weak, eventually breaking. Stress reaction means the bone is breaking down and becoming weaker. Nice. A stress fracture means the structure of the bone has been compromised by a crack or fracture, um, and they occur from the abnormal force on the on normal bone, most common in athletes, and normal force on the Abnormal. Um, abnormal or osteopenic bone are more common is more common in older or patients with very thin bones. Um, usually it's shown up by x-rays. You need to usually often get a bone scan or MRI to confirm the diagnosis. And then, um, then you basically, most takes people through these different stages. Firstly, the initial period is four to six weeks. And that doesn't start from when you get the symptoms. That's basically when you get the um, the diagnosis. And you just got to be, he says, a couple of tips here. Um, you need to be honest, and the athlete should not be on medication to mask the pain, mm. which is a real. Let's be honest, we've done a few anti haven't we? Yeah, so you just need to come off the off the medication, so you can understand and um, understand and listen to the pain, and be honest with yourself. Um, you need to understand the way to interact with family, colleagues, and training partners. It's not their fault you're hurt. Um, be aware of displaced anger. Which true. Again, yeah, is, that's uh, that's pretty good insight. Yeah, you because know, it does get so frustrating. Because with stress fractures, um, you can't do any running. You know, especially no. in, in this in this initial period, four to six weeks, 
there is no running. And in some cases, you even have to be, you may have to be on crutches as well if it's um, a really severe one. Uh, use this time to seek, uh, seek out physical therapy, chiropractic treatment. Rob Green, an active chiropractic. If you, this is in, if you're in the Richmond, Virginia area, this is where these guys live. Nice. Massage therapy, um, et cetera, to assist healing. Great time to do some yoga and some core sessions are t- essential. And also to think about um, your nutrition. Um, endurance athletes typically have an acidic nature to their blood. This and poor diet can lead to an acid level that leads to calcium being pulled out of the bones. Mm. We would suggest calcium of 120 milligrams per day, vitamin D 400 IU per day, and consider a lactic acid buffer such as extreme endurance. Oh, there you go. To make the, the blood less acid. Um, and he suggested, re- if, if you're interested in reading a bit more about this, the China study by Colin Campbell and the Thomas Campbell in pages 204 to 211. Jeez, he's really done his work on this one, hasn't he? Well, that's, yeah, it's great. Stages. Uh, establish some goals of what you want to accomplish from this four to six mm. weeks. Um, and, you know, Again, you're not going to be able to get gains out of your running, obviously, but you may say, right, I want to increase my flexibility. I want to do some specific work with my swimming um, or I want to spend some more quality time with your family, which is a really good idea if, if you're doing, say, a winter focus, say this happens in your, in your off-season, your main race is miles away and uh, this doesn't necessarily just apply to stress fractures, but any any injury, you might just go, hey, I'm just going to button off training here for a period. I can't run. I'm just going to overall button off and I'm going to spend some quality time with the family. Um, and I think the, the, the important thing in this moment, because we get so much, going back to the same thing, we get so much esteem and we are the type of people who love a focus. And so when a stress fracture happens, it often takes us off our big focus. And so, mm. you know, if you can learn to find some type of focus that's obviously going to be a shift in direction, but if you can learn to find that focus, then you can accept that, okay, this that's, that focus that I had isn't going to happen right now, but I can focus on this for now, which will make me better when I can get back, when I can back to, to that focus. So, This is the next one is a good one. And this is still in that phase, that first phase when you're, you're um – you're not doing any running whatsoever. Volunteer at a race to uh, to keep some good triathlon nice. karma. Go to um or, or go out to a point you know your training crew is going and give them some nutrition. Nice. So phase two once uh, phase one once you pass pass that period of four to six weeks, then phase two is recovery. We now assume the athlete has no pain, so you can basically walk around no pain whatsoever. Um, continue strength and flexibility and training from phase one, and the goal is to understand why the stress fracture has occurred. Get some gait analysis or shoe evaluation, bike fit, um, or or some swim stroke analysis to make sure all forces are appropriate. Um, Understand if there has been a training error. So again, this is where you can use training peaks really effectively. You can go back and say, look, that was I I ramped mileage up too quickly. Or the good thing with training peaks, if you use a GPS, you can also you know you've got your zone set in there. You can actually track how long you were spending in each zone as well so you can see well my mileage was okay but look I was spending you know increased significantly how much I was time I was at threshold or whatever so you can use that to analyze that Um, you can get a coach to help make a plan to recovery run progression needs to be slow progression of weight bearing from deep well running to running at certain percentage of body weight and this is something that Moose did as well in his recovery there's this machine called the Ultra G treadmill is that the one that goes right around the body yeah yeah. and basically uh, it means you can run with significantly less load so it basically fills up with air and just takes a load off they're incredibly expensive yeah I've seen I haven't used one but I've seen them around yeah mm. uh, have you ever run on one I have not so, so do you feel kind of like you're running on air yeah 
I, I haven't run one, so I couldn't, no, I couldn't comment. Um, but it basically means that yeah, each foot plant is, is significantly less load. So it's really worked well in his recovery, but obviously you've got to have access to one. Um, the other option is to do um, yeah, some, some aqua jogging during this period as well to slowly progress things. And one thing that we've talked a lot about on the show is, is to do the run-walk progression, yep. and that's another thing that Moose has done as well, and that just decreases the load a little bit. Um, uh, they've also got uh, Pete Fitzinger, who's a, he's actually an American marathoner who lives in New Zealand. He's one of the main guys in the Academy of Sport here, which is now called something else, High Performance Sport New Zealand. If you go to uh, pfitzinger.com slash labreport slash water dot shtml, he's basically got a progression for, for aqua jogging when you're, um, when you're on a recovery. So that, that, that phase two recovery, three to four weeks. Phase three is the build phase, increase volume. This is to prepare the body for the intensity to come. Continue yoga and core, continue your technique focus and just ever so slightly increase the running and basically take all those points from phase two, you know, doing run, walk, increasing aqua jogging, slowly increasing your running. If you can do it in ultra G, that's fantastic. And then phase four is your, your normal um, prep for a race and that will depend on where your race phase, uh, races, races is and race uh, phase five is, is getting into your race. They've found that if you follow these phases like a stair step, you have greater chance of recovery. If you skip a step or phase, you'll fall down to the bottom of the steps and need to start again. So main thing is, is to just be patient, follow those stages. If you've got any questions on this, um, well, I can, I can flick this article through to you or you can um, check out Advanced Orthopaedic Sports Medical Centre or... Um, Active chiropractic with Rob Green, and those guys are in Richmond, Virginia. Well, based on the kind of time frame he gives here, you are looking kind of close to, you know, 15 to 20 weeks before you're actually going to be back to normal, really. So it's a long, you know, like it's kind of a nearly half a year, mm. you know, and, and that's worst case scenario. But, you know, it's, I think that's one of the first things you have to accept early on is that it's a long journey. Mm. And I think the important thing with all injuries is to realise that it's not the end of your career. Mm. And, you know, there are the odd injury that means you have to stop. stop sport completely but most injuries can be fixed and some are obviously going to take longer but with those longer ones to accept that pretty early on so then you can be more healthy in your approach and the great thing about triathlon as most said in, in those early phases phase one you can't do any running whatsoever but there's still so much you can achieve you've got to be a bit careful with the biking um, with stress fractures but um you can make some really nice gains with your swimming or focus on particular things on your biking. Early on, you do have to be careful on the load on the bike. But um, having some, some different goals is, is really important. And just making sure that those, especially that phase one and phase two, that you just take your time and, uh, and, and get some decent professional advice rather than just thinking, oh, the pain's gone, boom, straight back into the running. Nice work. Well, he kind of worked our sponsor in there, didn't he? We did, so Extreme Endurance. Um, Moose was in the, the sceptical camp as well when we started using the sponsor, but he's tried it and found it really effective, and he also ties it in here as well. He's, you know, he said um, endurance athletes typically have an acidic nature to their blood. This and poor diet can lead to an acid level that leads to calcium being pulled out of the bone. We would suggest calcium 1,200 milligrams per day, um, and vitamin D 400 IU per day, and consider a lactic acid buffer such as extreme endurance to make the blood less acid. So, yeah. Get it. Get it. Get on it. Get extreme on it. endurance. And if you want to read um, about that, Go to the China study by Colin Campbell and Thomas Campbell, pages two hundred four. No, I think I've heard of this book. Really? Yeah, I think I have. I can't remember what about it, but I remember he hearing something about it. So, obviously, they've been doing some study in China. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, we know the benefits of extreme endurance. You know, um, 
in terms of recovery from races, um, enhancing performance, but can also, you know, help you in your recovery from stress fractures as well. So check it out at xendurance.com. They've got the codes on the Amiga, um, the, the, the Omega Vital as well. So you can check them out. We'll put them on our Facebook page. But from memory, it's Omega Talk. Don't know, John. Yeah, we need Don't to go know. to our Facebook page to consult on that. Yep. And one, one final thing on Extreme Endurance and any of the sponsors, um, if you've got questions about the codes or et cetera, Please send them an email because um, often we don't know. And oh, codes we should codes, know. But, yeah. Codes we should know, but generally, just the really the, the feedback we get is if you send them an email, they'll reply really, really quickly um, and give you great customer service. So if you've got any questions about shipping, about pricing, if you're not in the the, the states or or the EU, just pop them an email. Say you're an I'm Talk listener, and they will sort you out. So check it out on xendurance.com, and remember, you pommies, um, they've got their new distributor in the UK, so shipping should come down and should be nice and rapid. Hey, John, questions and answers. And Lisa, Matthew Bin sent through a photo this week's photo, so right. as much as I screwed up his, uh, his discussion of the week, he'll be pretty happy because I've put your photo on the website and it's with nice. Lisa Harding, mm-hmm. who was our age group last week. Yes. And he did say she can talk more than Melinda Granger. That Which is, is hard to believe, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, she's going to Kona, so we'll, we'll, we'll hear you before we Bl- see you. And it's Belinda, last year she said she's going to Kona for the last time this year as a pro. Remember we interviewed Yeah, if she qualifies, I guess. Yeah. Would she qualify? Don't know. I, she got 10th in rote this weekend. It doesn't help her qualifying for Kona no, at all. No, not much really, no. So so that's, that's go. So there'll be the photo on the website this week. And then Jenny from Vineman actually sent through, because last week we were talking about chicks getting doing well in the race, and she said uh, Whitney Garcia was third in Ironman Lane this year, was featured on your podcast recently. She also won the full Vineman a few years ago. Oh. Yeah, but uh, and was also known as Whitney Henderson, I believe. She still works a full-time job in a retirement community. Nice. So she won the overall. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty sharp. Vyman 70.3 is coming up shortly. Uh, Warwick uh, Fahey sent through, I just do, go Vyman, they're good. Uh, the A standard and B standard for the marathon at oh, yeah. the Olympics. So A standard's 215. Oh, I think that's about what I said. I think it is, and B standard's 218. Right. So what's, what happens here? So if I get a B standard, how does it work? It, well, at the end of the day, it all comes down to your um, National Olympic Committee I mean, deciding whether you want to do it. But So in, in New Zealand, for example, um, uh, across any sport, uh, you can meet whatever standard you they, they, the, 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 the IOC sets, but unless New Zealand thinks you're going to finish in the top 16 in your event, you're generally not going to go. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, I think to go to the Olympics, I'm pretty sure you've got to make the B standard. I'm pretty sure. I'm don't quote me on that, people, but I'm pretty sure you need to have made the B standard. Mm, mm, it's interesting. Um, but having said that, you see some things in the in the like the swimming and stuff. You see like, yeah, some like guy, guy from guy. Gambia or something yeah. who does like a, a one thirty for a hundred free. I think they're trying to pull away from that, aren't they? Don't know. Mm. Mm, that is interesting. Gregory Ashley put this on Facebook, and I think it's a pretty good and interesting discussion. Have discussion point for you boys. Don't I'm in Austria on Sunday. Beast this of a day. Fast. Oh, we'll carry on. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Gregory, you got John fired up. 40 degree on the bike and run. The swim was a non wetsuit swim. That's the first time in 14 years of Ironman Austria that's happened. Austria attracts a lot of novices. In fact, 40% of the field were novice. Obviously, that means first time people. The water temp was 24.8. WTC rules state anything over 24.5 makes it a non wetsuit swim. No problem. That's the rule. 
But then it says if the water temperature is between 24.5 and 28.8, you may use a wetsuit, but you don't count for prizes or Kona slots. A lot of people knew the rule and they were thinking, fine, I don't need to go to Kona and it's my first Ironman, I just want to enjoy and get around safely. When it was brought up, a long distance triathlon took place in uh, when it was brought up that a long distance triathlon took place at the, in the end of the organisation the organisers said that the Austrian tri-fed rules supersede the WTC's rules therefore it was a non-wetsuit swim people were in tears what's the point of WTC having rules if they're overruled by local bodies what a stupid rule wait, yep. wait a second what, what do you so mean I think the WTC rule is stupid because this happens at Placid and it's quite potentially going to happen in a couple of weeks' time. So wait a second, you think the rule of being able to choose if you want to have a wetsuit is a stupid rule? Yeah. So, um, well, why not? Why? We just It's either wetsuit or non-wetsuit. You know, I, I think, I, I, I would say, why don't you just raise the temperature a bit and say, um, I mean, you never have to wear a wetsuit. Yeah, but yeah, <coughs> but there is an advantage to having a wetsuit, isn't there? Sorry? There is an advantage oh, to significant. Having, yeah. So, so if you're a pro... And you're going, okay, well, you know, it's, it's 26 degrees today, I'm not going to wear a wetsuit. But then uh, another guy decides I'm going to wear a wetsuit. Mm. So that you can see in that point. Oh, yeah, but I think like at Placid, so you're standing, you know, it's race morning at Placid and uh, you don't have to wear a wetsuit if you want to be in with Kona. And then you've got guys that do want to wear a wetsuit. They go, I don't care about Kona, I'm going to wear a wetsuit. So you've got like part of the field of not wearing wetsuits because they're not allowed to and then the other part wearing wetsuits and then it creates this whole admin sort of thing are you wearing a wetsuit or are you not and, and how are people going to check up on you and then it, it'll change the dynamic of the swim because you, you know your non-wetsuit swimmers will be weaker so they'll be potentially getting you know they'll be a lot further down the field and they'll have to pass on people it's just you either have wetsuits or not I mean whatever the temperature is going to be say if it's whatever degree it's a wetsuit swim if it's not it's a non-wetsuit swim I, I can't comprehend at Lake Placid, this next weekend, there's going to be people there with, without wetsuits and with wetsuits. It just doesn't. Okay, so you don't like the rule. Mm. What about the point about, you know, the the Austrian body saying, well, you know what, there are rules. I don't, yeah. Um, I just think there's got to be some consistency. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's silly, isn't it? Yeah, very silly. Really silly. So, two beds. Mm. John, I heard something the other day which I, I thought you'd really like. What? Because you know how you love my bed? Yeah. I heard someone go, my B. And I was just thought they was taking it to the next level. Where I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm going to start using it on a show. It's my yeah. B. It's a shocker. Yep. So, And also Lisa Harding actually came on here and said, thank you for the age group of the week. And then Matthew Bins followed that up with some comments. She's done a beer mile. Then I replied to that. Yeah, he said something about the beer mile. And I said, there's no point doing a beer mile on Cone. You come and do the wetsuit aquathon challenge. Yes. That's where it's all happening. Maybe we could do a beer mile. I will drink if we do a beer mile within the wetsuit challenge. Um, we could do something at coffee at. Um, oh, I'd get so drunk, John. No, no, not necessarily be a mile, but um, but at you could have something at Lava Java. You know, we could have a little t- an aids a support station at, at Lava Java. No, because once you turn around, mate, you're going for the finish line. You're not stopping for a drink. Yeah, but no. But I remember from last year when I won the race, <laughs> and I turned around and I just sprinted and I saw off in the distance somebody coming towards <laughs> it was me. It's quite a big distance. You <laughs> whether <laughs> um, you've got a you've got a scale thing of Gatorade or something at the turnaround point. And no, oh, no okay. spillage. Oh, okay. So no, no spillage. Oh, yeah, I like that idea. So, and you can also oh, no, you can't do no spillage. No, I, mean, I know what you'd be like. It'd be no, <laughs> no, like two no. I'm, I'm always honest, you know. I'm always honest. I read this book. I'm always honest. But more, the point is, 
Because how can you? How can you? Well, I suppose if someone was there with the drinks. Yeah, it's going to be better organised this week. Yeah, we're going to have the. the oh, wait, oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm talking to Blue Seventy this week about stuff. So there's going to be there's going to be a registration form on our website. Oh really? I, I figured out how you, you got, do. You got I figured really out how you do forms. Can we have? Can you have non wetsuit if it's under twenty five? Bugger, you silly. Um, you get bonus points if you wear like a beanie or something like that. I think if you wear the full. Here you go, here you go. <laughs> here we go. You wear the full blue 70 outfit. You've got a, a, a wetsuit on, you've got the gloves, you've got the oh, ne- ne- gloves and crap. neoprene helmet, um, and yeah, then I'll, I'll probably I'll get bonus points for that. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, be, well, maybe you go into a spot prize for the people who did the We'll extras. have a little transition area set up. Well, well, last year we had two people. What do you reckon we're going to get? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have a couple more. Words out there. You reckon we get four? Yeah. Do you reckon Blue Seven will put up a free wetsuit for the winner? Well, we, I'm, I'm discussing with them this week. There's going to be something there. I don't. Not, it's not, probably not going to be Blue Seven. You've just been exposed to thousands of people just by us talking but, about it. But everybody will be, um, be getting something. I reckon if we get a free wetsuit for the winner, we will probably get at least seven people. Mm, then it comes down to handy, me good, doing good handicapping. So I went. Uh, handi- <laughs> handicapping was pretty fair last year. It was. It was. Yep. I came out of the war exactly in line with you, really, didn't I? Exactly. It was my transition that really just what? dominated. <laughs> Um, what's happening this week Bevan Jombo I've got a couple of good stories have you got any good stories because I'll, 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 I'll got some good ones going to Hamner this weekend Woo-hoo! are you biking because that's what you do isn't it no we're not uh-huh. uh, we're going two, not? two families sharing a house together uh, is it the Philanator and their family and uh, it's going to be good times you're not biking no why aren't the boys biking um, building bridges at the moment Bevan building bridges you know uh-huh. making sure we've got to keep the balance right uh-huh. not a lot of racing or anything but happening the biking strategy is a good one because you leave before they leave yeah, you know, <laughs> it doesn't go down that well. <laughs> uh, and no, I haven't got too much else to report on, Bevan. Oh, I've got a couple of good stories for you, John. Okay, fine. Where do you want me to start? First of all, we went for a run the other day. Mm-hmm. I just said they run from here to the top of the hill, 40 minutes. That's about all I do nowadays. And uh, get to the bottom of Harry L. Mm-hmm. And these two young fellas just kind of just get a little bit in front of me. Mm-hmm. Two young fellas, pretty pretty decent runners, I have to admit. Well, yeah. maybe I'm just not that sharp myself nowadays. And we were, we were pushing it pretty hard towards the end there. And we mm-hmm. ended up dropping one of the runners and this other kid just put the hammer on me. And I, the problem was, do you overtake him when you're just going for that last bit? Or do you just sit behind it just to know that you could stay with him? So you're hammering on the downhill here. No, no, it's going up. Oh, going up. So we went to the, the bottom of Harry L. We've probably got, what, two or three K to the top. And... Uh, and I just kind of merged with them at the bottom of it. Mm. I thought, okay, I'll stay with these boys. And I thought, earlier I thought I'd try to break away from them. They were running a good pace. And I thought, oh, no, I'll just sit them behind. And then they obviously knew I was there. So mm. no one was talking. It was just, you know, that subconscious, you know, let's beat each other up kind of stuff. So they started putting the pressure on a little bit. And then the guy in front was obviously a bit more keen than the guy behind him because I was at the very back. Yeah. I was saying, I'm not taking the lead. I'm just going to see what happens. And so, and then eventually the guy in front got a bit of a gap. So I bridged to him and then he really started to put the hammer down. And I was, I was able to stay with him and I probably had a little bit more of me. And I thought, do I try to overtake him and sprint to the top and just be a hero? Or do I just sit right behind him just to let him know that you sit behind. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah, just because, it, you know, you look like a door cover wise, don't you? Exactly. Yeah, but I just sat behind, just, you know, and, and, and I deliberately faked that I wasn't breathing Keep that hard. Keep breathing under yeah. control. That's critical. <laughs> that's that's the, critical. That's the yeah. key, isn't yeah. it? Even though you're really trying to go... Game face. Game face. Just go... <laughs> yeah. So that was good. A, uh, here's an interesting one, John. Okay. That one was interesting as well, yeah. That was pretty good, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, it was pretty hip of how it went. It was one of those moments because they would have been about 18, 19. Mm. Pretty decent little runners. Mm. Just one of those moments where, yeah, I've still got it. Yeah. You know, you need those sometimes, don't you? Can't mean that. If it was a Saturday, was it? Yep. Can't mean that decent. South Island cross country champs was Yeah, I think they won it and then they come to this okay. run. Yeah. They actually, yeah, yeah it was, yeah, was the warm up to yeah. the, the champions. <laughs> um, did you do that? 
No, but if you guys did. Uh, yeah. You've you got something with your eye. I have. What's wrong? I don't know. He's just cold, cold he's literally putting his fingers in your hands like you're playing skeletal right now. You've been sitting on I'm your hands because it's so hands. cold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a couple of cottons. I do talks out at youth jail. Until about this last week. Yeah. yeah. Which is, it, I love it because the kids have got lots of character. They're, they're sure, they could be tomorrow's biggest criminals, but they're yeah. good kids. And uh, well, I'm sitting next to one because I did... Uh, two hours and I had lunch with them and I did another couple of hours and at lunchtime I'm sitting next to some kid and the phone rings he goes oh is that my lawyer <laughs> so I found that quite funny but my last quick story Joe and I went out for a quiz night last week quiz nights are great quiz nights I haven't done quiz nights in a while I've mm. never really done it mm. do you do much? I'd like to do them more they're good they yeah. got one down at Elevate maybe we should do one yeah 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 okay we'll do one one night yeah Blunder's good is she? yeah because what I found is we all suck at science yeah, no, she's good at science. Oh, we should get Belinda in our team. I'm pretty good at pop culture. I'm good at, very good at sports. Sports? Sports let us down, actually. Yeah, no, I'm pretty good at sports. Movies, I'm pretty good at. Mm-hmm. So we'd have a pretty good team. Joe's okay. pretty good at, like, everything. Let's do it. Okay, we'll do that. We'll do that. The I am talking. And maybe we'll get a few listeners. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because they do it down Elevate every couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll do that. It's a Wednesday night. What about kids? We'll sort out. Ba- ba- babysitting. It's fine. Just leave them in the car. Nights are okay. It's like the casino. Exactly. <laughs> Just leave exactly. them in the car. <laughs> So it's the quiz night. All good. 14 teams. Mm. Got fourth. Mm. Probably should have got third. Our last quiz night, we won it. Oh, did you? Yeah. I'm definitely coming to your team then. Really? Yeah. Do you know the questions? Uh, I, I didn't contribute a lot. <laughs> <laughs> did not contribute a lot. Joe, we're doing quiz night in um, a couple hey, of weeks. Elevate. We're going to do a quiz night. The I Am Talk. We'll get a few of the I Am Talk listeners and we'll make we'll get out of your net and we'll make a team out of it. So, okay. So... Um, because not good. You got you to tell an honest story here. Joe's in the room now, so Bevan's going to say, Oh, no, no, no. Oh, it's not about us being bad. I answered it's, it's all a, these questions. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. So it's all good. So, Chris, not we're doing it. We're doing it. We're gonna have, we'll even go with our Iron Talk jerseys on. Okay. And Joe, you can wear my my Kona t shirt. So, anyway, so, okay, so it's all good. So, so, so Chris and I got fourth. We stuffed up at the end because, okay, here's a question. Which, I think it's Warner Brothers, goes, uh, which Warner Brothers character, cartoon character, stutters? All the listeners are thinking in the head right now. They always do the last bit of the show. That's all, folks. That's all, folks. Who does that? Um, I'm not going to get it in a hurry. Uh, Porky Pig. Right. Porky Pig. And admittedly, I was daydreaming. I would have known that, but my, I was daydreaming because I often do. And we got that one wrong. And that probably was our third spot, John. Mm. Probably got to go to Pony a position. Mm. So fatal mistake. But anyway, so I get a call Friday night from, I don't want to name names because it might get out there. Okay. You know, so I'm just going to say someone that was in our team. Yes. And this person I know quite well, but they're not the kind of person who would ever ring me. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, you know, ring. Mm-hmm. And I got this call and they said, oh, Bevan, how's it going? And so, so, and I was like, oh, how you going? And, and they wanted to talk to me. And so I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. And they go, oh, you never guess what's happened. And I said, what happened? And they said, I went to another quiz night this week and it was a, a charity quiz night in their local area. Mm-hmm. And there's some pretty mean prizes if you won, like something mm-hmm. like about 20 bottles of wine. Mm-hmm. So a few hundred dollars worth of wine if you win. Same the same question. questions. That's so pretty common because you basically get there's these pub quiz questions that go around. So John, mm. would you be honest and to your teammates and go, look, I can't I can't play because it's morally ethically wrong for me to do this. It's a bit like if you've seen the answers already, isn't it? Yeah. Or John, would you make yourself look like a legend? <laughs> <laughs> I probably would take the moral high ground. I think I don't know. Oh, you would probably. Well, the person we know is not as strong as you, John. They, they <laughs> won 20 bottles of wine. Really? Yeah. 
<laughs> nice. And the thing was, they said the problem was they couldn't tell anybody. <laughs> so, so that's why they rang me. They were just like, they had to tell somebody what happened. <laughs> oh, dear. So, so the, you know what? They need an MC. So the, the, the quiz night's what's really interesting because I haven't never done it. They just have a video, don't they? They have like this video that does the questions. and everything. But there's no interaction with the groups. And they had an MC, but he wasn't really about bringing people together. And I think that you could do a lot better job of it if you actually had someone who was pretty good with a mic and could actually get people, the groups interacting. Because you kind of just hang out with your group and don't really interact mm. with anybody else. And I think you can make a lot more of a social occasion out of it. But job opportunity for you, Bevan. Until you make it, make millions. But um, yeah, it was pretty funny. Mm. I'll be interested. Maybe we can make that next week's discussion. As a bit. Okay. Yeah. What, what would the discussion be? Would you take the yeah. high ground? On the quiz questions. Mm. I think you, you talk a big game. <laughs> but I think that truth comes to it. Yeah. Yeah, if it was one round or something, I'd probably go... Yeah, he I'm said there was okay one question, that. for example, it was something like how long did it take someone take to do something? And, and one of the options was like, it was like three weeks, seven weeks or 17. And the whole team's going, ah, seven weeks, seven weeks. And he, he knew it was 17. <laughs> <laughs> so what he did... But what percentage would you aim for? Because if, if you think you can get 100%... You can no, I, no, you just got the win. Yeah. You don't want to get 100 because then yeah. it's just obvious. But what he did with the 17 is he said, okay, I'll take it up. <laughs> and he took it up. He put one next to it. <laughs> so, nice. So rock and roll. So there you go. That's got a, a few interviews coming up next week. Who we got? Um, we have got Joe Friel oh, coming up next week. Why don't we get on Legends? Uh, we will do as well. But there was a topic I wanted to discuss um, around training picks, around decoupling. What's the coupling? We're going to find out next week. Oh, okay. Uh, no, it's basically, yeah, no, we, 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 he, he can explain it um, next week. And oh, John, I'm looking forward to it. Decoupling and efficiency factor. The IM talk, quiz night. I'm there looking forward go. to it. We have got enough. Well, we've got four t shirts. I've got two, you got two. Oh, I lost mine. I've got one. I've got a bike jersey. Um, I, I think I've got one. You, yeah. I got, you got me another one, didn't you? You got two t shirts. Oh, t shirts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got two t shirts. Yeah. Should yeah. I keep them or we're going to get new ones for this year? Let's let's leave that out there for a oh, week or so. Oh, 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 that was like a little teaser, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so a couple of interviews next week and or maybe one interview next week and then uh, yeah, it's looking good. Looking good. Mm-hmm. Any other gossip for this week, John? What about Batman's coming out next week? Do you know what Transformers was on? Uh, Transformers crap. I, 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 my favourite program of the week is Mo- Modern Rambling Family. John, Modern I Family. know this. Every time it comes on, yeah. I always say to Joe, "This is John's favourite program," yeah. and it's it is bloody good. And last night, Transformers was on afterwards, and uh, Brendan wanted to watch something, and uh, I said, oh, "I just want to watch the first couple of min- minutes of this movie to see how That's bad all you it really need to see. is." <laughs> it was horrific. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I went to the first one because I think I fell asleep. And, yeah. and you know, in a movie like that is just noise to the max. And I fell yeah. asleep literally after about half an hour. Mm. It was a terrible movie. Mm. But Batman, have you seen the Batmans? Yeah, yeah, I quite liked them. When yeah, I, when I was a kid, I quite liked no, them. No, not when, yeah, you were when I was a kid, I quite enjoyed <laughs> no, it. No, no, not Holy Bam. No, the latest Batmans. Yeah, no, the one with the, Heath Ledger. No, who, who was the first Batman? Was Michael Keaton? No, John. <laughs> they, they were okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Have you seen the one with Heath Ledger? No. Oh, John Newsom. <laughs> he throws a pen down in disgust. <laughs> Oh, you have to see their latest ones. They're awesome. The okay. one with Heath Ledger is a great film. Okay, you go buy me the original copy DVD. Okay, that's what I'm going to get you. If we win the quiz night, okay, that's what I'm going to buy you. Straight. Team Straight. Iron Talk, we're going to take it out. Who else have we got? Belinda. Belinda, you, me, Joe. How many are in the team? If we really want to win. Phil and Lada? Phil and Jen. They're pretty sharp? Not Phil. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Phil might help us on a Tour de France question. Nadia's pretty good. Apparently Nadia's partner, Amon, who's in my running groups, he's, he's, he's like... No, just get Jen. Jen? She's pretty good, is she? 
that's why we won the last quiz. Oh, really? She's, knows everything, does she? She's a brain box. Okay, Jen, you're in our team. Team mm. I am talk. Mm. Yes. Yes. There you go. I'm looking forward to it. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Try smart. Kia kaha. kaha.